My name is Don Culp. I've been in the military since March 13th, 1997. When I came in the military, I was 17 and I was just a junior in high school. I did basic training between my junior year and senior year. And then about a week after graduating high school, I left to go finished my training, uh, which was my AIT, Advanced Individual Training. I came in the military as an E2. I enlisted into the Army as a chemical operations specialist. I had always wanted to be a pilot and fly. I attempted many times to get out of the Army and actually go into the Navy, Navy and fly um, via conditional release. The conditional releases that I actually submitted, they would never get approved or signed off on. Um, I submitted a total of five. Um, I found out about an opportunity um, pretty close to me uh, with regards to Army aviation and found out more information about becoming a warrant officer. Finding out about this opportunity, I proceeded to put a packet together in 2008 to become a warrant officer and go to flight school. Well, I was selected, uh, I was picked up as a warrant officer candidate, and I was waiting to leave um, for flight school. In late 2008, my wife and I found out that we were going to be leaving for flight school in January. At the time, my wife was pregnant with our second child together, Braylon. Braylon was due on January 16th, 2009. I had to leave and report to Fort Rucker on January 21st, 2009. My daughter was born and my wife lived with my in-laws while I left for Fort Rucker to complete Warrant Officer Candidate School. Six weeks after being in Walks, Warrant Officer Candidate School, my wife moved down to our home in Enterprise, Alabama. This was right outside uh, Fort Rucker. When Braylon was six months old, while we were down in Enterprise, she started to have issues with um, minor, EV, minor eye deviations um, to either the left or the right. Uh, she would always, when you would hold her, she would never look at you, and I couldn't figure out why, and I used to joke about um, her not liking me, and that's why she never looked at me. Little did I know she was actually having seizures in front of us, uh, and we didn't know it. The frequency, uh, in which the seizures were occurring, how many, we, we just didn't know. Um, so one day I was on my way home actually from the flight line and my wife had sent me a text saying that something was wrong with Braylon and she didn't know what and that she was scared. When I walked in the door, Braylon was laying on the floor very pale. She was lethargic and didn't know what to do. So we had called 911 and the ambulance came and took Braylon to the medical center of Enterprise emergency room. The hospital wasn't equipped um, or able to treat a child that was so young. She was only six months. Uh, she was severely dehydrated. I recall them trying to take blood from her several times. They even did a spinal tap and uh, against my wishes. Um, but they were doing what they needed to do to try to rule out certain things and hearing my daughter's screams was just something that I couldn't tolerate and I didn't want them doing anymore. And so they wound up life flighting her to Sacred Hearts Children's Hospital in Pensacola, Florida. This was actually the beginning of our understanding of some of the conditions that she was born with. Again, I was only six months into my training and had a while left. In the preceding months, my daughter was life flighted again for the same issue. I had to take uh, two different breaks from my training 
and reset to get my family issues worked out in order to be able to focus on the tasks at hand. I wound up graduating flight school in 2011. And then our family, we actually relocated back to South Carolina. Three weeks after graduating flight school, I left for our upcoming deployment to Iraq. Braylon was doing well. And then two months into this uh, deployment, I had to come home on emergency leave due to Braylon being taken by ambulance to the hospital. She had had another seizure and was admitted into the local children's hospital and she was in the hospital for a few days. And then we were able to go home. I went back to my unit and continued on with my deployment. About a month, month and a half later, um, she had been admitted into the hospital again. Uh, this time, a little bit different. She had multiple seizures and um, she had, there was evidence that she had had a stroke. She was two years old at this time. Braylon was in the hospital for nine days. Um, during this time, a portion of her brain had been damaged um, from the stroke. And I was being advised that I didn't need to go back on the deployment. As a matter of fact, the doctors that were caring for my daughter had told my leadership that I, didn't know, I, need, I did not need to go back on the deployment because my daughter's condition could be fatal. Um, I spoke to my commander um, and I spoke to my wife and after speaking to both of them, I had gone back on my deployment and finished out the deployment. I still had roughly uh, eight to nine months left. And during this time that I was gone, my daughter was doing really well. She was involved in therapy and was developing rapidly. Her, both her cognitive and mobility skills were increasing. My wife was able to teach her how to feed herself, do sign language, and she was really doing well with the recurring therapy and my wife working with her as well. She just really started to develop. Just before I came home at three years old, my daughter started walking. My wife sent me a really cool video of her walking, and I couldn't wait to get home to actually see her do this in person. Uh, I had come home from my deployment and Braylon had gone nine months without having a, seed, a seizure and was developing consistently. When I came home from my deployment, I took my family on a vacation. We knew that we were going to be moving to Florida and so we wanted to get a taste of Florida. So we actually wound up going down to Disney World, Marine Land and taking a tour of Jacksonville as well since we were going to be living there. When we had first gotten to Disney World, however, Braylon started to have a seizure right when we got there. Um, when we were walking in, I, we looked at her and just something didn't look right. Uh, we felt like something was going to happen, but she was still acknowledging us and everything else. As soon as we had gotten in uh, by the tram, sure thing, she started having a seizure. She wound up having to be taken by ambulance from Disney World to Arnold Palmer's Children's Hospital in Orlando. After being in the hospital for a few days, she was discharged and we resumed our vacation. We wound up, like I said, moving to Florida. We actually lived in Orange Park for a short period of time. And while we were in Florida, everything was going well. October 1st, I had come home from work. October 1st, 2012, I had come home from work and saw that Braylon was sick. That evening, while holding her, she had actually thrown up on my clothes 
and on her clothes. And I quickly got her to the bath and I got her cleaned up. And we wound up, you know, going on about the evening. As it got closer to her bedtime, my wife was going to take her to bed. Prior to her taking her to bed, um, I had given Braylon a hug and then she patted me on the back. I kissed her goodnight and I told her that I loved her. And then I didn't know um, ultimately that that would be the last time that I'd be able to do that. The next morning while I was at work, um, my, my wife had gone to wake her and couldn't, she couldn't wake up or she didn't wake up. Um, Braylon or my wife had called the police and um, they were on their way to the house. I was at work and I had gotten two calls from, uh, I got a call from my wife and I didn't answer because I was in the middle of a conversation with my boss and sure enough she had wound up calling, calling back or so I thought it was her. It actually was my neighbor, Jean, who lived just right across the street in one house over. And she told me that I needed to come home, that Braylon was sick. And I thought nothing of it. I thought Braylon's having another seizure. Uh, when I came home, on the way home, it was just a, looking back, it was just a complete dead silence. I, I, I didn't have the radio on or nothing. And as I drove home, uh, when I finally arrived to my street, we lived in a cul-de-sac. It was filled up with emergency vehicles. Um, I pulled into the driveway and got out of my car. My wife was face down on the front porch and people were around her. And then as I was going to walk inside the house, there was a police officer there and he asked me if I was Mr. Culp and I said, yes, I was. And he said, he, he said that Braylon, um, you know, was not well. And I just kind of stopped him and I asked him where the ambulance was. And he said, the, amb the ambulance is gone. And I said, well, where's my daughter? Um, did she go with the ambulance? And they said, no, she's inside. And he was struggling to basically tell me ultimately what had happened. And I finally looked at him and I just flat out said, you know, are you trying to tell me my daughter's dead? And she, he said, yes, sir, unfortunately, she didn't make it. This being said, um, I immediately went inside the house and I saw my daughter um, on the floor where my dogs lie. And she had a blanket covering her, everything but her foot. And it was from that point that really got me and I just lost it. And um, that's when the realization set in that she was gone. We continued to hold her daughter for the rest of the after, or for the rest of the time until the coroner arrived and the police had completed, you know, what they were trying to do as their investigation because it's not normal for three-year-old children to just pass. I unfortunately, my last birthday that or her last birthday that I spent with her was her second because I was deployed during her third and she died three months before her fourth. My daughter had a fighting spirit. She never quit. Even though she was three, I tried to emulate her no-quit, joyful attitude. 
I have to admit that I definitely fall short quite often. She was very special and she's missed deeply. And because of this, I started at the Braylon Aubrey Foundation in her memory. And it's through the foundation that I'm able to honor her, her memory, and help others like her. We continue on and we've had two other children and our family knows about Braylon. They know about her fighting spirit and they know about all the qualities that she had. And each one of our kids resemble her in some way and they have different traits of her. And we think about her quite often. Each day, I try to live in a manner that brings honor to her, and we continue to carry on her name and carry on her legacy. I feel it's important to tell her story because in the midst of all these trials, when somebody looks at their own life and thinks that they've got so much going on, there's somebody else out there who wishes that they could have their bad day. My daughter, despite everything that she went through, the pain and everything was the happiest out of all my kids. Um, and that's something that I try to think about all the time. I wish I could live up to the, uh, the no quit attitude that she had and the joyful attitude as well. During these times of COVID, if it seems to be pretty difficult to try to find joy in anything because all you're hearing about is negativity on the news, people are isolated and things of that nature. But I reflect on her, I reflect on her story, my family and the strength that my wife showed during all those times, and the fact that we're still carrying on present day, and the fact that we have other kids that we need to raise and make sure that they're aware of the person that Braylon Aubrey was. Thank you for taking the time to hear my story, and I hope in some way you can relate and I hope this helps inspire you. We all have a story to share and a voice that is meant to be heard, and we want to share yours. For more information and to get involved, visit storiesofinspiringjoy.com. Stories of Inspiring Joy is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created by Sydney Weiss. You can find all episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you like the show, hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're creating greater connection and community, one powerful story at a time.